wait till Sabonis just starts diamond up people. Wait till he becomes a defensive player of the year under Mike Brown. Is this thing on? One, two, Mike Shake, one, two. Right. And then the communication, that's your glue. Man, this is our city. This is our city, man. We did it, man. It's unbelievable. I feel like Black Jesus. We've seen the story before. We've seen the story Welcome before. to the Athletic NBA Show. Monday <laughs> on the Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to Point of Hood. No, let me stop by Zach. Let me stop by Zach impersonation. <laughs> we need to keep that in. I do have a take. When you came back in that Cleveland game, did you have an idea how much this area loves you? How much people appreciate you? How much, how much we missed you? Uh, I mean... That, uh, that goes both ways. Like, I, lo- I love being a resident of the Bay Area. And, I mean, just... Uh, Switch that. You know, real mature, Draymond. This guy is the maturity <laughs> level of a third grader. But anyways, uh, anyways, uh, I just... Uh, I mean, just going to breakfast Saturday morning and seeing um, everybody in the neighborhood just so excited and... Yeah, standing ovation from the chef, from the, the waiters, everybody, like, that's what it's about right there, is those little wins, you know, and uh, Sean Livingston would always tell me about the little wins during my rehab, and that's something I just will take for the rest of my life, or just the small things in life that uh, just inspire you to keep going, whether it's uh, taking a picture with a old lady or a young kid, like, Dub Nation has no bounds and we have fans from all walks of life switch that 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 yeah Welcome to Point of Contention. Five subjects, five minutes, five points of contention. Coming up on the show, the Petty Parade. Free agency kicks off. We've got the draft. We've got Michael Jordan searching for a new coach once again. And, of course, the Kings are back, baby. Today is June 22nd. Happy Take Your Dog to Work Day. Or if you've worked from home for the last 14 years, like some other people on this podcast... Which is called a Thursday. On this day in 1944, U.S. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt signed into law the Servicemen's Readjustment Act of 1944, commonly known as the GI Bill. So, how about that? Jade, play the tape. The GI Bill was a product of a lot of thought and planning during World War II. It was designed to make sure that the shift from a wartime economy to a peacetime economy came without the United States slipping into a recession or depression. Maybe the most famous one was a provision for higher education. Uh, And there, GIs could get up to $500 of tuition, and that would cover tuition at any private or public institution in the United States at that time. Free tuition and money in his pocket from the government made Guy Whitten a popular guy on campus as he pursued his teaching degree. In this corner, the Longmeadow legend, the kingpin from Beantown, who calls it like he sees it, often calls it before he sees it, sometimes sees it like he calls it his heyday. He liked the hot box because he always wanted all the smoke. And it's exactly what Omar from The Wire is talking about when he said, Come at the king, you best not miss. He is the one and only J. King J. How did you fill in the 18th banner on your Celtics t-shirt? <laughs> what a move by Draymond. What a <laughs> move. He, he's got to be the worst person to lose a finals to because you'll never stop hearing about it. You just won't. I mean, they left the open spot for him. I mean, it's like they invited. And I'll tell you what, after they brought out those, after the Celtics brought out those t-shirts with the empty banner, they didn't win another game. That was wow, a cocky move. It was a bad move. And if you looked at the shirts before game six, they they were just generic shirts with like a stupid message and not just at all cocky. Sorry, Draymond. It, yeah. Draymond beat the cocky out of him. And in this corner, the area legend is stitching to the glove, the parent to the J kid. He puts the L on B Shaw. He writes the hook for Hook Mitchell. He puts the L in Lillard. It's three time author of Bay Area and NBA basketball. 
created the rap group a scribe called quest marcus all downs as fans of the legend it's the one and only marcus thompson marcus what did you fill in for the blank banner on your celtic shirt man i left that thing alone when i first saw it i thought they had hoods and i got scared oh so i was like <laughs> oh <laughs> well that's uncomfortable <laughs> It was, uh, uh, you know what I'm putting in here's what I'm, I'm, I'm gonna put in, in, into the blank space of mine. Yeah. I'm gonna put uh, a book cover. I think a book cover fit one of my books. Yeah, yeah, it, it would look perfectly good, yeah. right there, right? Ooh, maybe a Whoa. fourth book? Maybe a fourth book, Jay. Yeah. I don't know. Uh-oh. I don't know. You gotta have a fourth oh. book now. Golden know, Redemption? Right? The Relentless Pursuit of a Championship Without Kevin Durant? Let's see whatever whatever book you guys have shamed me into the shortest title of all time. I will not. I will not. I will. I will fight. I will drop out of the deal if it doesn't have a sub. Dubs. If it has a subtitle, the the title's <laughs> just gonna be Dubs. If it has a subtitle, I'm done. I'm like walking out. Nope, take your money back. No subtitle. I will not take this again from 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 Zach and Amin. Jade, start the clock. Take one, a parade of petty warriors. Start with the good stuff, fellas. Yesterday, victory parade for the victory machine in the Bay Area. The Golden State Warriors closed out the Boston Celtics last week, win their fourth title since 2015, while Steph Curry grabbed his first Finals MVP award. Now, take a moment away from trolling haters to celebrate with the home fans. Jade, play the tape. I'm just trying to think of the most controversial thing I can say. Like the media, like they do, you know? Um, no, I mean, this is great. Uh, I don't know what y'all want me to tell you. That we better than everybody? <laughs> you want from me? Which that? I was watching a lot of Chris Farley videos during my rehab. You know, it was some dark days. So I, when I needed to laugh, put on semi-pro, put on a Chris Tucker movie. I don't know. So I'm a big film guy, you know? Me and Peter, we're big film people. Switch that. I think everything that's been said on the stage, uh, whether you say it out loud or whether you internalize it, like you carry all of the journey with you every single day. Um, and so to know what we've all been through, what my brother went through for over almost three years, what we went through as a team to try to retool, regroup, rejuvenate what we had, um, and just like taking snapshots of the last three years, all that came out when you know, when the final horn sounded just because you know it wasn't just the work we put in last week. It wasn't the work we put in a month ago. It was the work that we started, you know, uh, once we changed buildings and, and trying to carry that, that championship DNA with us. Um, but that emotion was everything, just letting it out, letting us know that we back. And then I got to the real question is what they going to say now? So many great moments yesterday. Marcus. One, were you there on the scene for the parade? And if so, what was it like from that vantage point? Or if you weren't, what was your favorite part watching at home? So the answer is both. I go to the parade. Okay. And, you know, um, there, there some reporters were able to get on a bus. We had our, our uh, the athletic had one spot on the bus. So, uh, it was, you know, Slater, Slater got it. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go see what I can find. Be amongst the people. Man, I spent like an hour down on that ground in the hot. Yeah, I was walking. I was like, yeah, real nah. hot yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> and I left. I went home. I was like, this ain't it. So He's I had too it. many championship parades. I was, yeah, I was like, he got nah, bored. You know, I saw I saw the people that I was on the ground with, and I was among commoners, and I was like, yo. Oh, no. Yeah, that's so me. You Are you okay? Yeah. No. This ain't for me, man. I, I, nah, I need to be. Maybe, maybe if they wanted something. like you to sign the book or something like that or maybe fine. if it was in yeah. oakland all right but you know mm. san francisco oh we like, didn't make our ah, way over to oakland man. this time it's just san francisco <laughs> yeah. six blocks of san francisco is where, where it was but, that's it but you know yeah it was it was really short the best part to me the part that was like kind of dope because you know they didn't have that little end point where you could see how many people were there everybody gathered right. at this one site they didn't really they didn't do that at all uh, but Clay Thompson was the last bus, so it was like it was like Rocky, where you know he's running through the city, and the city starts following him. So eventually, like after the last bus, everybody just started following Clay's bus. So you yeah. have this scene of like 
thousands of people just following this bus down Market Street. We're probably trying to see what memorabilia he would lose on his trip with that bus. Because I mean, he, he damn near lost a ring. I'm sure he lost a ring. I, yeah. I don't think he found it. He lost like, his he championship hat the in the up. bay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he, you know, a few Bahamian flags fell out of his pocket. Yep. You know, a couple chains. Clay was having a lot of fun. When he randomly just started doing the Michael Jackson dance, when he, just out of nowhere, right? When he trucked, he the trucked lady. that lady yeah, and barely even said oh, sorry. He didn't give her a hug, a picture, <laughs> nothing. He <laughs> like helped her up for. and kept going. That's what security's like, for. Uh, yeah, you know, she'll you, get you a truck over jersey. a fan. You gotta, you gotta give him a photo or something. He Clay. tripped, Clay. like you know, maybe he don't, maybe don't moving. walk in his way. You know, it's a, par- a parade route. Um, you know, not an obstacle course. I, I think the lasting memory from all of this is we've never seen Steph this lit and. Ooh, Steph ended up. That, that woman tried else. to kiss him. Yes. <laughs> hey, that's pretty good reaction time for a dude who's already I mean, pretty tipsy, right? Okay, that's, that's what you that's what you trained for. Jay, uh, what do you think it was like for the Celtics to watch this? Do you think they didn't watch it? I don't think they watched it. But I, I do believe that it was awful for them to have the Warriors celebrating on their home court. Like when when we walked out of the press conference room where all the Celtics did their press conferences after game six, you could smell the cigar smoke. You could smell the alcohol. Like people from the Warriors travel party were walking by Jason Tatum with drinks in their hand. Like it it was in such close proximity to where all the partying was going on that the Celtics were able to get a full dose of that. And it was right after they'd lost. It was right after the biggest disappointment of their careers. And they were all standing there like, what the fuck? I saw an assistant coach come out of a room, Jay, and he started choking. He was like coughing. He's like, oh, man, that cigar smoke is strong. He was literally choking on this. (laughs) When Ime Udoka walked into the press conference, you could hear the cheers from the Warriors. Like, it it was so close to where the Warriors were celebrating that it must have been just awful for the Boston players and coaches. Zach Harper, Bob Myers walked on a parquet barefoot. Well, I saw that. In champagne. I, saw, I, I saw mean, that's that. the most disrespectful. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you thought if you thought Big Baby and KG were mad when Kyrie stomped on it, you're not gonna walk through there like some hippie at an Airbnb. Like that's not gonna that's not gonna work. Okay, you can't because you don't want your you don't want your ten thousand dollars suit drenched by champagne. <laughs> You know, that dude walked on the parquet floors barefoot, bro. Why do they wear suits to games? Why don't they just they're, wear what the coaches executives. wear now? They're executives, man. Front I, office. I've never understood why people wearing, wear suits to a basketball game. Normalize wearing sweatpants everywhere. That's what yes. we should be doing, okay? Yes. I, I, I do it. I, I, I legitimately, my friends will have to tell me. They'll be like, hey, you can't wear sweatpants to this. And if you don't tell me that, I'm wearing sweatpants. That's just how it is. Because sweatpants are nice now. Like, you can wear nice sweatpants out. It's This isn't something we should have to even fight for, Jay. Co- coaches changed to the the track suits, you know? And, and yeah. nobody cares. Nobody cares. No one cares. Right. Not a single person is like, oh, man, the coaches look like slobs on the sideline. No. People, people don't care. If you dress down, it should be normal. I, I'm with you, Zach. Yes. There, there is no 100%. reason. 100%. Especially at a basketball game, if if you're oh my god, athletic event. If you're a lawyer, somebody who has to like give off this vibe of of being greater than, then I I can sort of understand that. But it's a basketball game. You're going to a basketball gym. Throw on some sweats, be comfortable, and watch the game. You know what would be a power move? A power move would be to wear sweats as an attorney in court. That would be the power move. That you might get held in contempt. <laughs> you will. You will 100% get held in contempt, but that's a power move. Just like, this is how relaxed I am in this environment. This is how it is. Spoiler alert for us at our uh, team meeting in Summer League I will be wearing track pants. I will not be wearing regular pants. That is me dressing up as I will be wearing track pants. And I think all of you should join me at Summer League. Lazy. All my athletic brethren. Not at, lazy. At Summer League? At Summer League. I'll be wearing mesh shorts. There you go. So you Marcus? I'm wearing a dry fit tux. <laughs> Speaking of weird outfits, take two, draft week, everybody. 
The 2022 NBA draft has nearly arrived and the speculation is only beginning. Be plenty of storylines story at issue from the outset of Thursday's event at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Will the big three of Auburn's Jabari Smith, Gonzaga's Chet Holgram, and Duke's Paolo Banquero go in the order expected and to the teams expected? If so, it would be Smith to the Magic at one, Holgram to the under two, and Banquero going to the Houston Rockets at three. What might that mean for the Sacramento Kings at four? Will the Kings, who must consider the likelihood of their pick signing with the struggling franchise, strike a draft night deal? If they do, how will the rest of the night's dominoes fall? Jay, what say you? What do you think the Kings do Thursday night with the fourth pick in the draft? I mean, I guess it depends what happens with the first three picks, right? But th- these are the Kings, which means they are going to do the dumbest thing they could possibly do, which means, again, they are going to draft a point guard next to Fox. <laughs> you think a third straight year we're going we're going guard in the lottery? There is, there is no doubt in my mind they draft. So Jaden Ivey. Jaden Ivey at number yeah. four. It is going to be... And I actually think Jaden Ivey is going to be really good. He's such a ridiculous athlete, and I think he actually has a feel for the game. He actually he just needs to to learn skill. Um, but they they know that it doesn't work with De'Aaron Fox next to a point guard. They've already traded Tyrese Halliburton, who's good, and and now they're going to try it all again. And and not only that, but before they started drafting point guards, they decided, oh, we don't want Luka Doncic because he's a point guard and he would not work right. next to Fox. Right. So well, it now, is just now been, you've corrected the you've corrected the issue. One right? awful you thing messed that one up. Another. So just start going get him. Yeah, so get yeah, anybody. I'm going. I'm going. Jaden Ivey to to the Kings. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Marcus, what do you think the Kings do? Do they make a trade? I think they. All of this talk of old Kings ways, they're done. They're done, buddy. What? You know, you know what the Kings are going to do? They're going to make a Dude? smart move. What? You know what the smart move is? <laughs> They're going to trade the pick. They're going to trade the pick, get two more picks as they move down, and start stocking a real roster. You know why? Because they now have a coach who's seen how to build a championship team. Mike Brown, baby, will start things anew. It is a new day in Sacramento. Right. Oh, oh, you're going to love this, Zach. Your, your, your Kings are all, this today. My Thursday Kings. begins the rise of the Kings. Now the now the uh, the true kingdom can can come to fruition. And all that. Remember all those times uh, people uh, inaccurately predicted that this was the year, the King's year. I'm telling you now to get on who, the bandwagon. Who has, who has done that? Who is oh, many people have Kings? inaccurately predicted the when. The, <laughs> when I know I've done it a few times. Oh, well, it that's, seems, that it feels seems like, like it feels problem. like on social every year you're warning against warning against the hype about the Kings. I'm just saying this I, year I'm you need to let it Kings, go. I'm a Kings hyper. I'm a Kings hyper. I I, I, why? I started watching them with with Sabonis and man. I'm telling you, the the record wasn't fantastic after he got there, but they played some beautiful basketball. And now no, they they, now they've got a coach in Mike Brown who's going to coach them defense. He's going to teach them how to get stops. They actually have like a few NBA caliber wings. I'm not saying they're great wings, but they're actually NBA caliber. And you want me to get hyped about the Kings because you said the sentence they ha- they actually have a few NBA caliber wings. Yeah, yeah that's that, a huge put that upgrade. on the on the cover of the media guy. That is a huge upgrade for those guys. I mean, what more do you need to get hyped about? That's a lot. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I don't think their two best players are particularly that good. So that would be a problem. Wait, wait till Sabonis just starts diamond up people. Wait till he becomes a defensive uh, player of the year under Mike Brown. What? <laughs> what? I couldn't even say that with a straight face. What? I tried. I tried to say that with a straight face. Jade, cut all of this backtracking out of the podcast. I want all the. I want it full stop at that point. Just wait till but, Sabonis for, becomes defensive for, player of the year. For real, they, they they played some some pretty basketball after Sabonis got there. I do think he's going to unlock Fox. I do think Mike Brown is the right coach defensively 
to at least give them some structure and change some things around for them. They're on the rise. Are you guys just trying to piss me off? What What's happening here? Uh, I'm not. I'm not just trying to piss you oh, off. Do you not believe in Mike Brown? No, not as a Kings coach. Man, that's a championship coach there, man. He's seen it all. What, what does that mean? He's a championship coach. That means coach. he'll know the players who aren't getting it done, and they'll get up out of there. My man took Ira Newell to the, to the finals, didn't he? Sasha Pavlovich. Just so you know, I just, to just looked it up. I just looked it up. The Kings were minus 4.9 points per 100 possessions before the trade deadline, mm-hmm. minus 5.9 after. So yeah, they got I, worse. I, I I acknowledge that the the results weren't always beautiful, but the basketball. But, the, but you said the basketball. Was, what part of the basketball was beautiful? The passing man was was the, it the, the was it the, the fourth worst offense in the league thing. in the after the trade deadline? Was I'm it just, that? I'm just saying, if you watched it, you got a different feel. You you, you could see the potential of it. And, oh, was it being the, tied the King, for 21st in those defense? Kings were scarred, man. They were scarred by years in a franchise that that just scars you and and now they have mike brown a a a man who heals scars like a like a like a tiger bomb (laughs) is that what you think mike brown is like a tiger bomb who told you to put the bomb on i didn't tell you to put the bomb on why'd you put the bomb on you haven't even been to see the doctor if you're gonna put a bomb on let a doctor put a bomb on and then they're gonna give i like davion mitchell too too. i'm actually a king's believer i'm not even like I'm, I'm being a little over the top with some of the stuff, like the defense players. I'm a Kings believer, though. I actually think Why? they're going to be okay next. Year. What about their history? What about their history? Makes you think that's a good idea? I mean, uh, Chris Weber was good. Peja, Peja was legit. The draft is this Thursday. Don't forget to tune into our live NBA draft show starting at 8 p.m. Eastern that night. Details at. The Athletic NBA Show on Twitter. Back after this. Take three. Free agency season. NBA free agency doesn't begin until June 30th, but the news is already rolling in from around the association. Much buzz is coming out of New York where Kyrie Irving's contract status has people speculating about the future of the Brooklyn Nets star point guard. Mr. Third Eye Blind has a 36 and a half million dollar player option for the 2022-2023 season. Jade, play the tape. Gentlemen, in exactly five days, we will be $100 billion rich. As the clock ticks towards June 29th, that's a week from tomorrow, where do we stand between Kyrie and the Nets? Late last week, a couple of teams um, were reached out to uh, to let them know that Kyrie Irving may end up being on the market. It wasn't a complete and total surprise because it was understood that the Nets could play hardball. Kyrie has come on the record and said, I plan to be back. And the Nets weren't really under any obligation to offer him a full guaranteed max contract. So most of the league is reading this as a leverage play. Elsewhere in the NBA, other superstars will, with player options for next season include James Harden, $47.4 million, Bradley Beal, $36.4 million, and Russell Westbrook, $47.1 million. And which free agents will change teams this summer? Some of the biggest names include Zach Levine, Jalen Brunson, DeAndre Ayton, all of whom could provide a major boost to a new franchise if they choose a change of scenery. So, Marcus... What rumbling, grumbling rumors are you hearing as we get closer and closer to free agency? Man, I'm still lit from the parade. What's happening? I, I don't even know. Uh, yeah, I'd like to place an order. Um, what do you like? Yeah, I'd like uh, three orders of garlic chicken. And then? And then three orders of white rice. And then? And then... Oh, hey, you guys want soup? Sure. sure. Yeah, three orders of uh, wonton soup. And then? Oh, uh, some fortune cookies, too. And then? Uh, gosh, I think that's about it. And then? <laughs> Dude, you got a tattoo! What? <laughs> so did you do it? No. Oh. oh. Dude, what does my tattoo say? Sweet! <laughs> what about mine? Dude, what does mine say? <laughs> Sweet! But what about Kyrie Irving, Marcus? Could Kyrie Irving potentially go somewhere and make an impact is anyone going to give him the money that he is looking for are the nets just going to give in and say well we can't afford to lose this guy for yep, nothing yep 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 
I, I don't think he goes anywhere. I, they don't have any leverage. <laughs> where, where, where are you shipping Kyrie to? What are you getting back? At, at some point, you might as well just keep him. Can you imagine trying to get a bounty for Kyrie and the other team right. is like, yo, can we guarantee this dude's going to play? <laughs> like, we don't we don't even know if he's going to play. Like, I, I, he stay, I don't know how he leaves. And on top of that, like, he he owes it to Durant to stay. Like, he's not, I don't think he can dip on Durant. This is about getting money, but then he'll stay because he, there's nowhere for him to go. There's just nowhere else for him to go. We're going to trade Russell Westbrook for Kyrie. Like, the dude is too good to get the proper value back from him right now. And they just, I don't, I don't see it happening. Yeah. Of course, that means it's going to happen. <laughs> I don't see it happening either. Are you, at this point, his value is so low, and he he just got swept alongside Kevin Durant. He just actively volunteered to to miss half the season last year. He was part of the reason why James Harden wanted out of Brooklyn. Like this this guy has. And that's just last year. Never mind all the previous stuff that he's dealt with. Sure. And all the all the issues he's had with teams. His value is tiny. I think I think the only way this ends up with Kyrie on a different team is if Kyrie decides I no longer want to play in Brooklyn. And I think that's maybe on the table because Sean Marks went out and was like pretty loud about criticizing the way Kyrie approached this past season. And I don't think any of none of it was wrong, but also if you're Kyrie, you might not take that well. So that's the only way I see Kyrie leaving Brooklyn. Otherwise, trade just doesn't make sense. They're they're stuck with him. He's stuck with them, and they're gonna have to try to figure out how to win with two guys in their big three who are totally hello this is jade the producer sorry to interrupt the program but we had a malfunction on that take and we are back in Kyrie and, and ben Simmons. and i think there's a chance that they're really good like joe harris comes back he helps uh ben comes back and plays like himself and meshes with kevin durant and kyrie Irving because he's actually really good at a whole lot of things and I think there's a chance they come back and win the East and and, and challenge to win a, a title. But also, the, the it's it's always very fragile in your organization when Kyrie Irving is involved. And I think the Nets have found that out over the last three years. What about for Bradley Beal? I feel like we've been trying to get Bradley Beal off the Wizards for four years now as a collective basketball-loving group. And, Stubborn man he And he is. just won't go anywhere, but now he has a chance <laughs> to legitimately go somewhere. It's not just you know, theory and conjecture. Like, so what Marcus, do you think Bradley Beal is actually looking for greener pastures or is it just, Hey, I'll take my new deal with the wizards. I like it here. I like Tommy Shepard. Like this should, this should be okay. The pastures cannot be greener anywhere else. If, if green is a reference to the money, yes. <laughs> then, <laughs> then that he'll, he will be right there in those greener pastures. Yeah. I also think I am a role model, Jerry. I have a family to support. Hear me? I want to stay in Arizona. I want my new contract. But I like you. Yes, I like you, Jerry. My wife likes you. You're good to my wife. I will stay with you. That's that's great. I'm very happy. Are you listening? Yes. That's what I'm going to do for you. God bless you, Jerry. Washington is the place where Bradley Bill can be the man. And if, if if he goes to another team, he'd have to fold in. And I don't think anything we've seen about Bradley Bill shows he's interested in that. Like, he wants his team. Right. He wants his touches, his shots. He wants to – I mean, that's the only way people are, like, riding with the Wizards. Like, nobody, nobody's like, yo, you know, everybody wants me. All these teams want yeah. me. But, you know, I'm about to ride this out, right? right. Like, unless the play is to get the money and then do it. But then he would have already taken the money. He would have already signed. Well, like, I don't, know. I don't know if that's true because – isn't the extension it's different coming off this this contract than, yeah it's it's yeah, more you kind of have mean, to become geez. the you kind of have to become the free agent and then re-sign right i think his Cap injury wise. history though i don't know man i wouldn't risk it i'll take my i'll take my extension but 
He just seems like he's cool I, well, being in Washington. Look, you're not Bradley Beal's really good. He's not Kevin Durant, but I don't know how many of these guys can like look at that anymore after Kevin Durant got a full max with a torn Achilles. Right? Like I think now unless like you just But he's Kevin Durant. Not everyone for is sure, Kevin Durant. But also like these guys have egos and these guys are gonna look at, well, this guy gets something and he's injured. I'm gonna get this. Right? Like I do think that that exists. And so for someone like Bradley Beal, who probably looks at KD and it's like, look, I know KD's great. But why can't I be as good as KD? Like I think it takes that kind of ego and that kind of, you know, kind of bravado to, to be as good as you are when you're Bradley Beal or someone of that ilk. It also takes that kind of bravado to be like, yo, I want to stay in Washington. Yeah, like I can do like, this. I can, I can, <laughs> like, give me I got Kyle this, Kuzma, and- Rui Hachimura, <laughs> and Denny Avdia, and I'm ready to go. And we take it down the yes. east, baby. Bradley Beal is. He's had such an interesting career to trajectory. He's like the only guy who's wanted to stay in a legitimately bad situation because Damian Lillard in Portland, like they were good for for most of his years. Most of it, yeah. yeah. And, and so at least he has the the team over there that he he gets the notoriety. He's in the playoffs every year. He's playing games that matter. And he's doing it on his own terms, whereas Bradley Beal is doing it on his own terms, but just on dog shit teams. Yeah. And even when they had John Wall, they never they never won 50 games. They never got out of the second round. He has literally like the last three, four years not played in any games that matter unless you want to count the playing games. Like. I guess they they made the playoffs this year, right? <laughs> I don't even. I think they made the playoffs. This year, and just got wiped out. The Wizards was that last year. That was last year. Was that last year? Yeah, last year they made the. Did they get a game? They might not have gotten the game. I don't know. It doesn't matter. See, we don't even remember. Thing, yeah. We don't even remember. We I are the biggest NBA heads honestly, in the world. The that we don't only even like playoff moment I remember since like LeBron versus Soldier Boy is is I think John Wall hit like a game winner against the Celtics. Yeah, the step back yeah. over Avery Bradley. Yes, that's the only ga- that's the only like playoff moment I really remember and it might be the the only real highlight, right? Yeah, I mean then they lost game 7 the next night when Kelly Olynyk went off for like 29 that's points. That's a tough one, yeah. Was. Uh they did hold on, they did win. Uh, they did. They won game 4 against the Sixers when they to were avoid down. the sweep. Yeah. The void is yep. in that game. In that game, Bradley Bill went off, baby. Uh, 27 points. Bradley Bill, 27, baby. Russ, nine, on Russ 19 shots. points, 21 rebounds, 14 assists. I think once we get to the point where we're just reading the box score of a first round avoid, we the literally sweep, don't remember. We have, yeah, we'll just move on to the next he, subject. I hope Bradley had, Bill stays. I like it. I like him on the Wizards. I stick it out there and you'll, you'll be just fine. Take that money. I want him to win. Win. Go win, Bradley. Com- Go win some. Coming up after the break, can Brown do better in Sacramento? And Mike D, the next Hornets coach? Find out. Your birthday's November 20th. Yeah, yeah. It's, coming sure. it's coming up. Yeah. It's coming up. It's coming up. So I got you, but it's a surprise. So don't open it now. But when you open it, when it's your birthday. And it's, you're going to like it. It's a surprise. It's a surprise. And that's a surprise, too. Don't open it. You're going to be so checked. Yeah, I'll yeah, uh, thank you so much for <laughs> No, that's when his birthday is. That's the same thing. No, 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 no. Uh, guys, uh, I figured why not celebrate uh, your, your, your new book with a little bite of uh, co- cookie puss. No, I'm going to put it in your face. Here's a cookie puss right here. Here we go. Thank you. Ad Rock, Mike D. Hey, Beastie Boys book is available now.
Take four. A day removed from the Golden State Warriors Championship Parade in San Francisco, Mike Brown appeared 90 miles up Interstate 80 on Tuesday, reporting for duty as the new coach of the Sacramento Kings. Quote, I, My Sacramento Kings. I hope I don't get in trouble for saying this. I really, cur- I really couldn't turn up like I wanted to because of this doggone press conference today. Jade, play the tape. This meeting is being recorded. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Uh, busy week, but I'm excited to uh, be here today with our new head coach of the Sacramento Kings, Mike Brown, uh, who, as you all know, is fresh off another championship. Sacto, sack, the big tomato, something like that. There are a lot of different nicknames for it. Uh, are you, River City. Which river? There's two, right? Two. Okay, yeah, okay, the River City, I like that. Uh, But I'm excited about being here. Uh, The fan base is tremendous. Uh, I I remember back in the day, uh, them damn cowbells just used to ring in my ear and used to drive me crazy. I hope we get back to that point because uh, now I'd love to hear them cowbells every game. I'd, I'd be the first one raising the roof and telling everybody to get up and ring those things all day long. So... The fans, I'm excited about interacting with them. They're extremely passionate. They're knowledgeable. And uh, I'm I'm just looking forward uh, to being around them. Sacramento hasn't qualified for the postseason since 2006. That's right. That's Kevin Martin's second year in the NBA and finished in last place in the Pacific Division. Again, the last time the Kings made the playoffs, the departed was in theaters. They were Last place in the Pacific Division in seven of those 16 years. The Kings went 30 and 52 this past season. But Mike Brown did call the De'Aaron Fox, DeMontis Sabonis duo a top three combination in the league. Jade, play the tape of all this bullshit. Every organization out there, in my opinion, has a soul. Has a soul. Everybody will understand what their role is. I'm not just talking about our 15 or 17 players. Everybody in the organization, from the business side to the front office again, will know what their role is and they'll embrace it. And if those three elements come together and come together at a high level, we'll have a winning culture here that's sustainable and long-lasting. I can't wait to get started. Mike, uh, ESPN 1320's James Ham. Um, when you, uh, first of all, congrats on another ring. Um, but when you take this job. Can and, you say that again? Yeah. <laughs> Is that one for the thumb? No, nah, we, we got to get one for the thumb. I only got four. <laughs> okay. So, Jay, can Mike Brown do better? And does better mean playoffs? can absolutely do better there is no worse that's a pretty low bar <laughs> that said he, he do better than the, than the he, longest the longest playoff drought in league history <laughs> he came in fire and saying that was a top three duo in the league maybe maybe, maybe he meant a, a a duo that can get you a top three pick someone tweeted on my timeline uh i, I forget who it was but <laughs> what do they play ping pong together <laughs> Is it even is it a top three duo in that division? On the team. <laughs> oh, Davion Mitchell and Harrison Barnes giving them buckets in practice. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Larry Bird's not walking through that door, fans. Kevin McHale's not walking through that door. Robert Parrish is not walking through that door. And if you expect them to walk through the door, they're gonna be gray and old. <laughs> All you need to know about Mike Brown is the Warriors were in the in the locker room celebrating their championship and champagne everywhere. Mike Brown would not go in. He was like, nope. Wow. Nope. The, ne- the next time Moet touches my skin, it will be when the the Kings make the playoffs. <laughs> and they, I just, and about the closest I just found out I just job. found out from Jay King that uh Jeremy Lamb is on the Kings. How about that? You know Trey Lyles was on yeah. the Kings this year? Yeah, the, the, I'm telling you, man, they, they've got sleep, a couple bro. NBA caliber sleep. wings these days. Devin Chenzo over there, don't don't sleep. 
And then they're going to spend all this money and get Zach Levine. It's going no, down. Zach Levine's not leaving Chicago. Are you kidding me? At all. They're giving him a five-year max. He's not going to leave that for Sacramento. Not, a, not for a second. No, not even not even, not even, even a whisper of it. Um, so, all right, when does this result in playoffs? Like, the Kings can't miss the playoffs forever, right? Why not? Well, okay. <laughs> that's, that's a great follow-up question I don't have an answer to. The last time they made it, Sharif Abdul-Rahim was on their team. Yeah. That was a fun Kings team, man. Francisco Garcia oh, was on their team. Flacco. Fonzie Wells was out there starting. Fonzie yeah. Wells. Kenny Fonzie Thomas. Buckets, man. They have men of world peace. I don't even remember that he played there. Yes, I yeah. do. But, but still. He got traded for Peja. He got traded there that season. I'm I'm looking at this but basketball Tally, reference Topic page right was now, on that and team. it is just special. Yo, Ronnie Price, you remember Ronnie Price? Now we're just naming Kings players. We don't really have any an- analysis for this subject. We don't we don't believe that Mike Brown's going to figure it out. It's going to take a lot more than Mike Brown to figure this out. Burke's not walking through that door, fans. Kevin McHale's not walking through that door. Robert Parrish is not walking through that door. And if you expect them to walk through the door, they're going to be gray and old. Uh, although they I'm do have a couple of bonus NBA caliber Sabonis wins. Sabonis changed them. It's, it didn't result in wins or, last year. Or a but better Sabonis product on the, on, the, no, on the court. I'm telling you, get, give Mike Brown a training camp with Sabonis. Because when you bring in Sabonis, you have to kind of change your whole offense because you're, you're not running offense through a big the way you do with him. So it 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 didn't mesh perfectly last year, but you could see it. I'm telling you, you could see it. Mike Brown no, has I couldn't. some stuff to I'm work with. I'm telling you, I couldn't. Mike Brown has some stuff to work with. I literally, I watched the Kings like every single night after that trade. I don't know why. They were just the last team on league pass. And and I'm ready. I'm I'm ready for the Mike Brown revival. Who's better, DeMontis Sabonis or Orlando Magic Nikola Vucevic? Larry Bird's not walking through that door, fans. Kevin McHale's not walking through that door. Robert Parrish yes, not walking through that door. Are you sure about that? that? Yeah. Well, you've, you've, uh, you've indoctrinated us for a while on this. So. Well, it's pretty, buckle it's pretty up, because I got, I, got, I got extending thoughts about Sabonis that are going to rope it right into each other. <laughs> it's going to take a few years of, of, of him. <laughs> <laughs> it take a few years of By twenty twenty six. You guys gonna be like, yo, you know what? Sabonis was not that good. He was not the guy to save the Kings. Um, I mean, I, I I don't know what you're supposed to do. I do. Is, is this right. a better job than Charlotte? Is that a better job than Charlotte? Larry Bird's not walking through that door, fans. Kevin McHale's not walking through that door. Robert Parrish is not walking through that door. And if you expect them to walk through the door, they're gonna be gray and old. No, because the shelf life for this job is so small. Kenny Atkinson didn't think it was. Well, <laughs> Kenny Atkinson wished he had the Kings. He's like, come on, Mike, let's switch. Yeah, let's swap this one. Um, <laughs> this is the problem. What a move by Kenny. This is the problem, right, is that if I set the over under at two and a half years that Mike Brown will be the Kings coach, what do you take? Oh, he's, he's going to be there for the rest of his life. I mean, Man, after that he sounds, makes the playoffs. That sounds more like a threat what? than analysis. Like, that's not... <laughs> After he makes, after he leads him to the first playoffs in 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 the generation, wait, we have to. I have to remind you guys that the playing tournament is not the playoffs. Hey, nah, not for the Kings. <laughs> not, not for the Kings, buddy. Just definitely so you know, since twenty sixteen, since twenty sixteen, we'll end end the subject on this. Since twenty sixteen, Mike Brown is their twelfth head coach. Or since 2006, not 2016. Since 2006, Mike Brown is their 12th head coach. So 10 years. You know, what is that? 16 since years. 2006. Yeah, that's the last time they made the playoffs. And they got rid of so Adelman after that. Dave Yeager was the truth, man. Dave so, Yeager was so two Dave and a Yeager half got, years is actually a long time. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Are you taking the over or the under? I'm taking over with Mike Brown. I'm taking over. Why does nobody want to? Why does nobody want to coach Michael Jordan's team? Because he's cheap. Got because Kenny Atkinson tasted tasted some of that championship champagne. So you know said, what? I'm good. Hell no, oh, I'm not doing that. Associate head thing. coach spot that's open. I'll just slide right into that. Thank you very he much. He said, 
hell no. All right. Going to Speaking of Charlotte, take five. Former Houston Rockets head coach Mike D'Antoni is set to meet with the Charlotte Hornets, Charlotte Hornets owner Michael Jordan on Tuesday to further discuss the franchise's coaching job. Sources told ESPN D'Antoni was considered a finalist for the Hornets post before Kenny Atkinson, Golden State Warriors assistant, accepted the position during the NBA Finals, only to then change his mind on Saturday and remain with the Warriors. Atkinson and the Hornets had agreed in principle to a four-year deal, but a contract was never signed. D'Antoni is 672 and 527 in the regular season, 54 and 56 in the playoffs, two-time coach of the year. Marcus, is Mike D'Antoni the right guy for the job? Uh, if the price goes up, you can't you can't pick somebody else over me the first time and then come back and the price the same. Right. Uh-uh. You got nah, I'll be so now you need me. Okay, price is going up, but I do think I think he's the right coach because they're going to score a bunch of points. They've got a lot of offensive juice that he can milk, and he'll be a great coach to get him into the playoffs. Right? <laughs> Maybe win a series. Lamelo's going to put up some stupid what, stats under Mike right? D'Antoni. Can you like, imagine that, I mean, under God, Mike D'Antoni? Yeah. Like, it's it, he's kind of perfect for that. He's, he's kind of perfect for that. You know, you get bridges in there, you know, they're talking about, uh, moving, uh, Gordon Hayward, like, so they, you can stop, man, you give D'Antoni bridges, LaMelo, he'll make them exciting. Yeah. They'll get to the playoffs. They'll, you know, they'll get far enough to where, you know, there's a point in the playoffs where you get, all right, now you got to play defense. Yep. They'll get there. And then they, <laughs> that's when they'll lose. But that's, but that's progress, Charlotte, right? That's pretty good. That's progress right? Right there. Yeah, that's progress. Yeah. I feel like I feel like that makes a lot of sense. He clearly wants to coach again, right? He's connected. Yeah. So the thing I'd worried about with D'Antoni is like, how bad does he really want to be on a bench somewhere, right? Like he's he's done this a hundred times. But the way he keeps his name stays in every coach's search, right? The way he's out, he smart. clearly wants to do yeah. it. So if he if he's thirsty for a gig. Man, if, because of Lamelo, I say yeah, absolutely. Go, go, show this dude how to run a team. Um, Jay, there's some reporting from the James Borrego firing that um, that maybe it was like he was trying to hold Lamelo Ball accountable, and maybe Lamelo didn't like that. And I don't know if this is true or not, but if that is the case, how does that feed into Mike D'Antoni's job? Do you think that affected Kenny Atkinson not wanting to be there? And and Mike D'Antoni, he does seem to have a more player friendly approach than that you know kind of yeah. taskmaster I, I feel like d'antoni doesn't care about much besides like if you just play basketball the right way right like he, he's not gonna hold you to task about other stuff that doesn't necessarily matter toward playing good offensive basketball <laughs> that that's that's just kind of what he does I, I think D'Antoni would be a really good hire. I, I think he's an awesome coach. I think his whole career, he has been a fantastic coach. Um, and you see, he, he does it. He's done it different ways. He's done it with like the the straight ISO stuff with with Harden. He's done it with like a beautiful offense built around Steve Nash. He took Jeremy Lin and created linsanity right and even pissed off carmelo anthony because carmelo was like yo i need the ball more uh so i i do think he would be mike ain't playing with you bro like if, can you get me a, <laughs> can you get me downhill like put the ball in my head <laughs> i i do think he would be great for Lamelo, and Lamelo should be the priority for this franchise right now and then the uh, ownership just needs to bring in some defensive-minded guys. They have so little defensive personnel on that team. Like, nobody cares about playing defense on that team. And it, it was pathetic last season. I think Borrego's a pretty good coach. I think their offense was just incredible. Like, the guys were flying around. It was it was really fun to watch. Mm -hmm. And and maybe that's why D'Antoni would not be the right coach. Maybe I'm arguing against myself right now that – that instead of D'Antoni, they need someone who can bring in like a Mike Brown type, someone who's going to bring you defensive structure. And because they do have enough offensive talent on that team, they they, were, they had a great, great offense, but the defense was so far behind it. They're not built for defense. So you can't put out this defensive team when you don't have the defensive players. Like they're not built that way. If, if the, you know, the reports are true, you know, I, I have no idea. But they do have a but lot like, of long six, seven dudes, right? Like, 
Yeah, but no, even Lamelo, their point guard, is six seven. Right, but no, Terry none Rozier of them are is, interested in playing defense. So. <laughs> <laughs> none of them. That's, that's true. It, that's that's it, true. It's, it's but they, but they have at least like the physical profile sure. of a team. Yeah. Athletic yeah, six yeah, seven, yeah. Like, like Miles long Bridges, arms, right. Gordon Hayward, while he's still there, like. Yo, he's still PJ there for Washington. a bit. They, I mean, uh, you know, they have a ton of Rozier dudes that kind can of play defense. Yeah. 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 I'll say this: Rozier's about to have himself a year in this system if Mike D'Antoni oh, gets hired. What he is, like? Too bad that he re-upped for a, a new contract already. He could have gone into this as a contract year and could have been putting up some numbers for that team. Can you imagine that? Oh my that? goodness. Yeah. 25 a game it's or something ridiculous. Uh, that's going to do it for this week's point of contention. Don't forget about the live draft show this Thursday. We got John Hollinger, Trey Kirby, David Aldridge, and many more friends of the show. And don't forget to subscribe to all of the shows on the Athletic Podcast Network. Warriors Plus Minus, Anything is Potable, Down to Dunk, No Dunks, Blue Guys, Sixers Beat, Michelle Beatles, What Did I Miss? For Jake King, for Marcus Thompson, for Jade Hoyam, Zach Harper, see you Thursday night for the live draft show right here on The Athletic. Mike, that's right, the general manager. He's been in this position now 17 years. Elgin Baylor, Elgin, you got the man you wanted. When you traded down from two, would you have taken Livingston at two? Well, we did our homework. We knew that we could trade down and we'd get him at four. So, uh, and then it helps us in other ways, too, as far as salary cap and things concerned. So we knew we'd be able to get him at four. Otherwise, we wouldn't trade him Elgin, how long before he can play? Well, you know, it depends. You know, the coach could have to make, has to make that decision. You know, he could come in and the first year, you know, he could show uh, by his play, the minutes he gets, that he can play in this league, which I'm sure he can, but that depends. It might take a season. It might take a half a season. It might take a year. But it just depends how quickly he's going to develop. But I just don't think it'll take two or three years. I don't think it'll take that long for him to show that he can play in this league. Elgin, you mentioned the salary cap. You're way under. It's been widely written. Everybody's talking about it out here and across the country. A guy named number eight. Do you have a jersey waiting for him? We can't talk about that. But we will be active in the free agent market this year. We'll be very active. And we're going to do everything we possibly can to improve this team. Elgin, thank you. Thank you for your time. Congratulations on the pick. Sorry about my voice, but Lost we're talking voice. all day. War room. It's war in there. Mike, back to you. I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted. Every hill and mountain shall be made low. The rough places will be made plain. And the crooked places will be made straight. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see it together.